everyone. I'm Bill Darcy, CEO of the NKBA. Thank you for joining us this week for NKBA Live, Brave New Business. Hope everyone and your families and colleagues continue to stay healthy and safe. Today, we're gonna to discuss the changing perceptions surrounding virtual design. The design community has no doubt had to adjust during COVID-19 while keeping the pipeline as full as possible. We must be proactive in anticipating our economy reopening and what business and consumer interactions will look like on the other side. Harnessing the potential of e-design, especially in the current environment, is now more important than ever. Will the project planning component need to be done exclusively virtual? We don't know. Mastering the finer points and utilizing the best tools available will help NKBA members work most effectively alongside other trade partners and deliver the best experience possible to consumers. Today, we're gonna to talk to three amazing people who all have great e-design experience. Interior designer and e-design expert, Jenna Gadusek from Gainesville, Florida, founder and CEO of e-design tribe and NKBA members, Jeremy Bauer and Jason Clifton, partners at Bauer Clifton Interiors an interior architecture and design firm in Juneau, Alaska, where digital communication, virtual design, and remote site management have long been vital tools of their business. Just a little housekeeping before we begin. As always, we are happy to note that this online forum qualifies for one half CEU credit for our certified members. I'd also like to thank NKBA member, past 30 under 30, design competition award winner, and our friend, Matthew Fiorini, for the use of his beautiful design you see in the background here. And we'll have some time for questions at the end, so please type those in the Q&A function at the bottom of your screen, not the text chat, please. So let's get started. Jenna, can you set the stage for us about how perceptions of e-design are changing and some ways our audience can approach it? Absolutely, thank you for having me. I appreciate it, Bill. Um, so I think that the first thing that we need to start with is defining the word e-design. E-design means electronic design, and really that's a form of communication. It's not a service. It's um, a way that we communicate with our clients, and um, it could be a hybrid uh, between in-home design consultations and then doing half the work online and then coming back out for the installation, or it could be done all online. So there's a lot of different adaptations to what virtual or e-design really is. If someone is it like in the process of pivoting their business and implementing uh, e-design? What, what are the like the first couple things designers and project managers should think about? Number one is a website. Um, that is your, your first thing that anybody's ever going to see when they find you online, um, especially if they're outside of your local radius. So you wanna put your best foot forward and make sure that everything is on there and it's a beautiful presentation and it really speaks to that user um, that could potentially hire you. Uh, the second thing is to adapt your existing workflow process to be online. So take what you know, take what you already do, and then create an established workflow that's totally digital. I assume you're, uh, when you say website, you're inclusive of social media and all those different channels. Obviously, our member community is very, very active in social media, so um, it might be obvious, but can you talk a little bit about how anything that might change relative to social media? Sure. So first and foremost, I'm driving traffic to my website where it has every bit of information about my services, the types of things that I offer, and then um, 
the social media element is driving that traffic there. So we want to make sure that we have a Facebook business page set up. Um, and then it, it's active links. You want to make sure that you check those links to make sure that they actually are working and driving traffic to where you want them to. Um, Instagram presence is, is very dominant right now as well because we're so visual. So you want to make sure that in your biography link, you also have a link back to the top features that you're discussing in your Instagram. So say you're talking about your services or a new project that you did, you definitely want to make sure that you have that link for when you're driving traffic back so that they can easily find it. Um, and it's not cluttered. Uh, the, the more simple you can make your site and the more user friendly, the best results you're really going to get from that. And honestly, I just started again with LinkedIn, though I've been on for years and years and years. But um, having that has been such a instrumental part in getting business lately. Honestly, a lot of people are on there. Well, that's great. Jeremy, um, you and Jason have been using these tools for years, obviously, where you're located. Can you give us examples of a few tactical strategies for managing, say, a job site remotely, like, you know, working with the tradespeople, permits, inspections, and things that are happening when you're not there? Yeah. You know, after the design phase is finished, you know, that's when we've had a finished set of construction documents, and that's really kind of the Bible. Um, we With being off-site and not having that ability to just stop by, you know, we really rely on that as the go-to. If the question isn't answered there, um, we really uh, instruct the contractor to say, um, don't make any decisions. Um, always contact us. If it's not there, call, contact us. And so with, along with that, and a set of finished samples, um, that every finished material that's gonna be used on there, we, we've set ourselves in a position to have a pretty good dialogue back and forth when we're, we're mentioning the floor, uh, in the dining room, they're going to have a sample there that you know will say that. Um, and so, when we get ready to start a project, we will uh, have that initial contact uh, with the contractor on the job, and we just kind of go through the, the construction documents page by page. We can look at the samples and kind of lay out kind of an overview of what we're going to uh, plan to uh, achieve as far as kind of a schedule and a timeline, and then kind of um, put together a, a series of check-ins um, through the project. And this might be after rough framing. Um, after the subs come in and do their rough in, after uh, do a painting walkthrough, make sure paint is put up to the right where it's at, before cabinetry, before hardware, before lighting, and a final walkthrough. And those are all completed through FaceTime. Um, that's something that's really uh, convenient for the contractor to work with there, and uh, very easy for me to jump on from wherever I'm at. Even if I'm on a local job site, I can come on and answer and do a walkthrough there. Now, permits. Um, Quite often, we will work with the contractor to actually uh, apply for the permit, but our plan sets are always done to local code. So we find that to be a pretty smooth process. Um, and then finally with inspections, um, kind of the same thing. You know, I, I really don't run into very many issues with inspections, but if the, the need arises, we simply jump onto a FaceTime and I can see exactly what they're pointing out. You know, if there's an alteration we need to do, um, we just move forward with that. So you found that the, um, the municipalities have been very receptive as far as utilizing those tools as well as what you're trying yeah. to do. Yeah. That's great. Jason, um, as far as suppliers go and, and dealers working with those remotely, can you give us any tips for, you know, representing colors or textures or things that we're used to touching and seeing in very close up? Uh, how do you use your tools to effectively communicate with your clients? 
Yes, absolutely. So upon launching our design firm here in Juneau, Alaska, which is pretty remote and isolated, we've never had the, the luxury of being able to drive to a near, nearby showroom um, to specify and uh, uh, products or material finishes. So with that in mind, we had to be resourceful from the very beginning. Uh, and so, which is, you know, great because it's a, a new, it's a, a tool that we're able to apply to these projects that we're running throughout the entire state as well as in other states uh, from working remotely. So with that in mind, uh, we work directly with the manufacturers and our brand reps to obtain the necessary product information and photography. Um, so it's imperative that these manufacturers' websites are really thorough. Um, with as much information as possible. And if they're not, then at least the brand rep um, can secure that information for us. Uh, since we're just unable to, you know, see these many of these products or finished materials in person. Um, so with that in mind, um, <clears throat> of course, you know, that's just the initial selection. Uh, um, and as Jeremy mentioned too, uh, we rely heavily on samples and swatches. And so if we're unable to secure, I mean, it's 100%. So, I mean, if we're unable to secure swatches or samples of any of these finished materials, then unfortunately, we're just unable to utilize that product at all. Um, fortunately, many of the brands and manufacturers that we work with, they're great in, you know, catering their services to our design industry, and they understand the value in which those small uh, samples hold. Um, not only is it a tool for us designers to, you know, feel, touch, and experience, but also for our clients too. Because, um, you know, we as digital, as, as digitalized as this industry can be at times, I mean, you still cannot rely completely on photographs um, when coordinating finishes, textures, and especially colors. Um, so when it comes time to our digital design presentations for clients, um, those, you know, are always complete with uh, detailed photography of every single product that's proposed, as well as our 3D renderings coupled with our extensive uh, construction drawings that Jeremy had mentioned. But what really completes the Bauer Clifton experience is that each one of our clients receives an entire package of their own set of samples that are proposed for their new home's design. Um, and so what, uh, you know, another detail that we've learned over the years is to order duplicates, sometimes triplets of all of these samples so that we maintain an entire um, package of those samples here at our studio. Uh, the client has some, and then if the contractor or the client may be, you know, in a completely different location from where the project site is, uh, then the contractor, they have their own set of samples and swatches and materials um, to pull from and to uh, refer back to when completing their, their estimate and throughout the entire design and construction process. That's great. That's great advice. Um, this, this question, I guess, for any of you, but maybe we'll start with Jenna. Um, can you share a couple of the preferred e-tools from like design software to task and project management, virtual walkthroughs, any, any of the software that you're using that you like? Sure. This is my favorite part. Um, so everything is so competitive right now that everybody wants the most photorealistic and the best render and the most detailed construction documents. Um, and then also the workflow just to start there. So what I do is I use my own website. It's, it's something that I've called self-hosted. 
Um, meaning that I, I create a landing page that walks my client through exactly where we are in, in their project. So everything is done through a template that I create on my, my own website. They have a portal that they can use um, to log in. They can see everything from client intake and contracts all the way down to the final presentation. We do everything right there. But I know a lot of uh, designers love my Doma. They use Ivy, Studio Designer. There's so many out there. It's really finding what works best for you and the way that you design. Um, but there's always that option to, to do it yourself so that you have full control over your website as well. But there's, there's a lot to be said for these other platforms that, that have a lot. It's very robust. Now, when it comes to rendering, um, 2020 uh, and SketchUp and Chief Architect have been, you know, the top contenders here. And what I actually developed is a online platform that integrates with all of those things to create highly photorealistic renders. Um, actually, like this one that's behind me right now is a render. Um, so basically what it does is it integrates with drawing files. So you can take a CAD drawing and put it into um, the, the eDesign Tri platform, and then it builds on your walls for you. You do have to tweak it a little bit, but it will generate everything uh, once you upload there. And then if you can convert any product model into either a, a SketchUp format or a 3DS Max, you can bring it into the platform. So it's a great plugin tool if you are wanting to um, get a higher caliber of render, um, something that's really, really, really photorealistic. Um, because as much as Chief Architect is, is beautiful and seen with 2020, um, you can get a more photorealistic um, presentation using that software and then just bringing it over into this other software. Um, it's called eDesign Tribe Platform and it's only $37 a month actually, but it's cloud-based. So if you are somebody that doesn't use a, uh, a gaming computer because some, that's one of the other things. If you're using Chief Architect or SketchUp, the, you really need a really high caliber computer to be able to run all these programs. And rendering process time takes a long time for some of them. Actually, two of my best friends are um, uh, uh, Sarah Dernay and uh, Kelly Fridline, and they both teach Chief Architect and SketchUp. And they tell me about how long the processing time is our render software does it in under four minutes uh, to create something like this. So they see the value in adding the additional um, step to be able to do this. You can also generate a uh, shopping list and make a, pretty soon we'll have hotspot availability, meaning that you can walk through the space and you can um, shop it. Uh, you can literally like click on a hotspot, bring up all the product data, and it'll either go to your invoicing system, so if you use a software develop, uh, software management or QuickBooks to invoice, each product can be linked to an invoice, so you can get full margin on all the pro products that you're sourcing in your renders. Or you can just generate a, a spreadsheet, and uh, it, it, it literally pulls every single item that's in your render and creates a uh, export file with everything and the, the URL linking. So, so many different capabilities with it, but there's also, um, you know, SketchUp and in 2020 and um, Chief Architect are like the top contenders for uh, everybody here that's in kitchen and bath, I would say. That's wonderful. Jason and Jeremy, how about you guys? What, what, what are you using uh, tool-wise, software, project management, that type of thing? 
Yeah, so very similar to what uh, Jenna mentioned. Um, Design Manager, it's our preferred project management and accounting software. Um, and so we use that from conception to the completion of all of our projects. Uh, it's fantastic. So anywhere from the proposal phase, vendor client invoicing, all the way to um, and, you know every uh, accounting uh, report available throughout that, including delivery tickets, which is one element in which we, you know, rely upon extensively when we're uh, procuring um, and shipping all of these products off you know, to various locations and to ensure that they are received intact and correctly. Um, AutoCAD is still our go-to, uh, as well as uh, SketchUp and Illumineon for uh, our 3D renderings. Uh, PowerPoint, um, it's easy peasy, so that's what we continue to use for our digital presentations. Um, and then Asana. So we use Asana. We uh, did use, it's similar to Podio, um, both platforms, but we use that for our internal task management um, and communications here within our studio. Um, and so it just, you know, it's a great tool uh, outside of just simply texting or emailing fellow team members. But what has really been the most beneficial in the last few years is when we migrated our entire company over to being cloud-based. Um, so it was not a small feat by any means, but you know, considering that e-design uh, and all of these cloud-based um, software programs are you know, cloud-based themselves, uh, we've found that it was essential for you know, the continued growth and development of our company. So it ensures that our entire team has access to all of our files and you know, it's not tied to just computers that are you know, on site at that particular studio to a physical server by any means. And so we use G Suite, which is available through Google. Um, and then we have a few other pro third party programs that back up that for additional security. But you know, it's great because being cloud-based ensures that Jeremy and I always have access to every single file uh, of our company from wherever we're located at. And so including business travel or if we're completely offsite, uh, visiting a project on the East Coast and we have answer or questions that we can answer ourselves before our team is even in the office over in Alaska. So um, that's it's it's a bit of a pain in the ass, honestly, to go cloud based, but it's so worth it. And it's yeah. like the freedom is above and beyond. So I, I really recommend that. Anything more you want to add to that, Jeremy? One thing I did want to ask, uh, just in general, different question, but you mentioned about your clients and how far away they are. So um, it, it, all nationally dispersed. I think that's something that some of our members that are, you know, been working locally, more locally, and look at virtual design as an opportunity to expand their reach. So, uh, how, Jenna, maybe just quick, how did that start with you as far as um, expanding your business, or was it always virtual for you? For me or for Jenna? Uh, I'm sorry, for Jenna. For Jenna. I'm sorry, for Jenna. Just oh. quick. And now, Jeremy, then you, 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 from your perspective. So, Jenna, how, how, did your, or was your business always, uh, you know, all U.S. or beyond, or did you start off local and you then went to e-design? Like, how did you transition from, from where you yeah, were to Yeah, it's an interesting later? journey. Um, so I, after college, I got my real estate license and I did staging, and then I went into the furniture industry for about five years. Um, and then after that, I realized that I really didn't want to work for somebody else, and e-design had just really started taking hold, and that was in 2015. And I've always been a com computer nerd and really love Sims. So I was like, I'm going to make this work and uh, use, you know, Photoshop at that time. And then it just like took off from there. And it's pretty amazing to watch the progression. How about Jerry, for you all, how did, was it always there or did it kind of grow from? 
Well, I mean, in, we started the company here in Juneau, and Juneau is the state capital, um, and it's kind of the hub for all the communities in Southeast Alaska. And so as our kind of our influence or our desirability of, of people wanting us to do work for them kind of grew, um, anytime we leave the, the city of Juneau, we're jumping on an airplane. Um, it's, it's kind of a, a feat in itself. And so we started working remotely almost instantly um, to be able to work in a town that's just 20 miles away. We still get on an Alaska Airlines jet. Um, so that concept of having to work remote was right off the bat um, being able to solve that solution. And then, you know, being set up to work that way, that way in Alaska naturally just made it flow easily throughout the rest of the U.S. Right. Well, our text chat and Q&A, Leanne, is blowing up here. So let's maybe uh, try to get to some of those questions. Um, Leanne, can you uh, share a couple of those for, um, for Jenna, Jeremy, or Jason? Absolutely. I think the first thing most people are asking Jenna what the name of the rendering software is that you use. Um, several people missed it. Could you restate that, please? Sure. I actually created my own platform um, on eDesign Tribe slash platform is where you can find all the information. The front end of the website is actually client facing because it's also a directory for you to be able to find a eDesigner or a designer to designer collaboration. So you can find a designer that will create renders for you as well. So edesigntribe.com slash platform. And it is a software that just from my own experience, I, I just uh, created out of necessity with developers um, based off of another, another program. Okay, great. And a lot of questions are asking about, and maybe we can direct this to Jason and Jeremy, about managing contractors um, and trades remotely. Um, asking how you check in and um, how you communicate with them. Uh, Check-in, you know, is kind of something we set up in the very first meeting when we uh, talk with the contractor and we kind of establish kind of what those check-in points will be. Um, I kind of touched on it earlier um, of kind of some key ones, you know, after the initial rough framing it is, framing is in place, we do a FaceTime walkthrough through the house that allows me to really look and, and make sure all the walls are where they're at. Um, I know when I design the set of plans, where, where uh, uh, key points will be um, of tight measurements, for example, that you know something I'm really gonna be concerned about. Um, and we can kind of go through and hit those. Another one is after the subs come through. This is any of your electrical and plumbing. Again, I'm making sure that you know faucets or roughens are where they're supposed to be. Um, electrical switches and lights are, you know, where they're at. At this point, it's really easy to make a change. And then, you know, working through the rest of the design phase, um, you know, depending on the scale of the project, you know, you may have more check-ins or less, but, um, you know, establishing kind of just that general uh, format at the very beginning of, I don't want you to go any further until, you know, we've checked in with this um, has been a really good yeah, it's helpful to establish those expectations ahead of time, um, as well as what everyone's preferred form of communication is. So uh, not only do we establish that with each one of our clients, but then also the contractor that's going to be on that particular project as well. So is he or she going to be email oriented or do they prefer texting? Do they prefer phone calls? It's really about tailoring our style to their preferred method, um, just so that we're not just consistently hitting our heads against the wall. Um, because while we do have, like mentioned, or Jeremy mentioned, those you know key points within the timeline or construction schedules to check in for those virtual walkthroughs. I mean, our office or in our studio, we're always in communication with everyone on the web, uh, on the website, on the construction site on a daily basis, typically, um, as far as coordinating deliveries uh, and anything else that the contractor or tradesman may have a question about. 
And so with that, I mean, even after meetings with clients or contractors, we do oftentimes follow up with a separate email that just recounts all of that information, just so that it is logged and it's, you know, available for everyone to reference back to, especially if there's any changes mentioned or determined. Okay, great. Um, another interesting question is, is your marketing plan different when doing e-design compared to doing design work locally? We can maybe point that to Jenna since you have two sides of your business as well. Um, not really for me because um, when I'm, you know, sharing pictures of renders, concept boards that I've created in Photoshop, it's attracting local work as well as, um, you know, uh, online work. So it's really whatever you're sharing, it's going to attract somebody that, that wants that regardless of their location. Just be consistent about it. Jeremy, Jason, did you want to have a go at that one? Yeah, I agree. I mean, that the, what we do uh, affects both local and national work. Um, yeah, I wouldn't say that's a big difference. Yeah. And, you know, referrals are always great. So you're more than likely going to have more referral basis in your more local regional areas. But even, you know, we've found going and working in other states um, that that referral uh, program builds itself organically, too. I mean, as soon as you have one happy client, then others want to jump on board. Okay, there's also quite a few um, questions about initial measuring and how you can be sure um, that you're actually getting the accurate measurements. Can Jeremy, can you ad address that? Yes, um, you know, it really depends on the size of the project. You know, I think, you know, some of our uh, most remote projects have been some of the larger projects and those really do, um, while we will do most of the process completely digital, um, that initial walkthrough, is quite nice um, and that's where we will go and Jason and I will do uh, an as-built and we will send measurements back photographs back to our team and we will usually do that as a two-day process so the first day um, after as soon as we get our measurements back the team's building that as-built and then they send us back drawings later that night saying anything that's not coming up completely correct then we can go back and do another as-built um, you know, if it's a, a, a smaller project, maybe a single room, um, we then can rely on a contractor. And I feel, especially if the contractor is the one that's going to be building it, they, they're really giving me the dimensions that they know they need to work with. So I feel pretty confident in that. It's it's the big multi-room, almost whole houses that I feel that we've found benefit from actually being on site um, for that one instance. Okay, another question. How can you be certain of color values in lighting and paint color uh, rendering as you designed it on a screen? that's where we rely upon samples and swatches. And so while we um, cater those renderings or tailor the renderings as closely as possible, I mean, you're, there's no guarantee of how they're gonna read on someone else's monitor. Um, however, I mean, if you have that physical box of samples and swatches of every material, including, you know, uh, cabinetry door samples, um, hardware finish samples, plumbing uh, fixture, ceramic samples, Thank you, Kohler, because you're basically the only company that makes those, and we love them. To rug swatches and flooring cutoffs. I mean, if, as long as you have that box that, of what the entire home is going to look like, that's when, including paint swatches, that's when we coordinate everything ahead of time, and they know, everyone knows what the final outcome was going to look before uh, ground is even broken. There are still a lot of excellent questions here. Are we okay to continue for a few minutes? Everyone's good? Sure. Mm -hmm. Okay, um, 
for someone who is a little bit more technologically challenged, can you recommend books or publications to learn more? Jenna, you might want to tackle that one. Um, I learn from doing. I learn from messing everything up and then you never do it again. So uh, that's how I've taught myself how to do the majority of the things that I do these days. But now that I've done all those things, I can teach people through video. So on the platform, we have so many videos, um, just sharing knowledge, honestly, uh, from, from making those mistakes. That's how we learn it. I don't really read a lot of it's going to sound really weird, but I don't really read a lot of physical books anymore. Everything I do is online um, or audio. Okay, great. And there's um, a couple questions in this vein as well. Um, it's about probably your biggest challenges and um, working with your clients to convince them that you can do a whole project remotely. Do you have any tips for that, Jeremy or Jason? Uh, do you mind repeating it? So convincing the client that it can be completed remotely? Yeah. How to build that confidence that you can you can actually manage a, a project remotely? Um, actually, I think we've used actually um, client referrals on that. Um, we we have had that. You know, people have said, "Well, how does this all work?" And you know, it works beautifully. You know, we have a, a great process put in place. And you know, when we show them, you know, the the photos of how it turned out, we show them the plan sets of something similar. This is what we would be working from a uh, we show them the samples you know so they get an idea that they will be there is a tactile feel they get to see and touch um these these items and you know if they want to then we connect them with actually a past client and just that series um seems to really put that that question to bed okay great and we'll do one more which is a little bit more of a um a life question i guess um and that we're all dealing with working from home Running a remote business can be time consuming. How do you manage your work-life separation? And do you have scheduled office hours for face-to-face -face meetings? <laughs> that balance, yeah. That quintessential balance in which we're all after, right? But has never existed, um, <laughs> or the ideal anyways. Uh, with that, I mean, especially now working remotely, uh, we've found it's been beneficial for ourselves, but as well as for the rest of our team to really maintain a structured um, schedule that's very similar to when everyone was returning to the studio and and that's ensured that you know operations continue and expectations expectations are being met by our clients and contractors um, so that they do know that they can reach any one of us uh, in their home offices you know during regular scheduled times um, now as far as scheduling client meetings I mean what's beneficial with virtual meetings is that you are able to tailor it to your client's scheduling as well as your needs, your own needs. And so if it's, yeah, we don't, we're pretty flexible in that regard, knowing that everyone's career and industry is going to require a different timeline um, each and every day. And so we're not against working or meeting with someone later in the evening or on a weekend. Um, and obviously that's going to be scheduled ahead of time. So if we need to, um, adjust our schedules to ensure that we still get a little bit of personal time here and there, then we can make those changes. Well, okay. I tell you, go ahead, Leanne. No, I'm just saying if you want to wrap up, Bill, that's fine. Yeah, so again, I'm sure we could probably sit here all day with you guys and chat. It's been wonderful. Uh, Jenna, Jeremy, and Jason, thank you so much for sharing your expertise with us today. It's such valuable information at a time when it's more necessary than ever and, and just growing exponentially. So thank you uh, from NKBA. 
Um, next week, we welcome Sam Rose, who is Senior Director of Customer Experience at Ferguson, uh, Annette Reeves, Sales Advisor at Perch, and Chaz Daniels, who's the President of an Independent Showroom, Cerebella. So we're excited to talk uh, to the showroom um, industry uh, sector about open for business, working with showrooms in this virtual environment. Certainly another topic that has taken an enormous importance over these past few months. Again, Jeremy, Jason, Jenna, sincere thanks from us to uh, share your knowledge with the community. Um, thank you for everyone for uh, joining us today for Brave New Business. Stay safe and well, and we hope to see you again next week. Have a great day.